Well, welcome to Round the Table, live with Christian Concern. And I'm delighted today we're joined with, by, joined with um, Keith Waters, um, Pastor Keith Waters, who has story has been in the news this week and after a legal victory uh, that we're going to tell you all about. Thank you for joining us, Keith. Good to see you um, today. And also we've got our Chief Executive, Andrea Williams, um, also joining us today to talk about this and we're in celebratory mood um, about the uh, legal win that Keith had um, just last week, I think it was. Um, so uh, and if you're watching live, do sort of chip in on your comments on YouTube, Facebook, we can see them. And uh, and if you've got any questions, particularly about what happened to Keith, do uh, chip in with those as well. Uh, but Keith, I'd like to start by asking you, can you take us back? Because was it 2016 when you left uh, uh, quite a comfortable job? Is that right? And uh, and decided to move into church ministry with a kind of tent-making job. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it back actually a few years further because in, okay. uh, well, I'll, I'll take you a long, a long way back. A long, a long way back, I, I felt called to, to train for Christian ministry. Um, at the time, I was worshipping in an Anglican church. And I ran away from all of that because um, I was a coward and I wasn't trusting the Lord and uh, just went off and did my own thing pretending that I was trusting the Lord. Right. But eventually the Lord being the Lord called me back. Um, I did some training um, and I was expecting to go off uh, to, to take on a kind of ready-made church, as it were. 2007, I, though, I had a very clear vision to plant a new church right. in Ely. So um, right. with a team of other people, after a year of prayer and planning, we, we stepped out. Let's explain that. How did, the vision, how did you obtain the vision for that then? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a kind of hyper charismatic. Um, so, yeah, I'm always wary of, you know, blinding lights and, and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it was one of those, it was a very, in fact, a very peculiar uh, in, in a sense. I'd, I'd taken a day off work um, to to sit down and polish up on my Greek, which, you know, if you, if you know anything about Greek, that is not a day of excitement. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> So I, I so having quiet time. I mean, you know, at this right, at, just at this minute, I want to give a shout out to Ben John about the Wilberforce Academy and on our team because right now, Keith, right now, this very minute, he is studying Greek because wow. he has an exam on Greek. I think it's the week after next. So right now, he's doing that because a little bit like you, he's getting some theolo he's getting some theological studies under his belt, and he does. And like you. He was not looking forward to this day with a great deal of relish. <laughs> well, good man. It's, it's a useful thing to have, but yeah, tedious stuff. Unless, of course, you're a Greek scholar, in which case it's lovely. Uh, but anyway, I was I was uh, sat down, a bit of a quiet time before I dived into the Greek. Never did get into the Greek because um, the Lord led me to a pretty familiar passage in Deuteronomy where it's a case of you know, leading the people into the land, talking about the giants. Uh, I just had a very clear sense that uh, there was there was need to plant a new church. I can't, you know, it's not it's not a right. tangible thing. It's one of those things where, and and so after a, most of the rest of the day, uh, reading through this passage, praying, um, I pretty much had a, it is, it's the easiest sermon I have ever written. I had a kind of yeah, you know, the, the Lord told me what to, to, I'd need to preach. I took it to the elders. We had an elders meeting, coincidentally or God incidentally, the following evening took it to the elders of the church where um, I was at that time and we agreed uh, it was very clear that's what we needed to do. So 
uh, week or so later, I, I preached, preached the sermon the Lord had given me, and uh, then we went off and uh, did lots of prayer, lots of planning, lots of preparation, and uh, planted a church. Because it's as simple as that. Okay, no, so you planted a church whilst working in a full-time job. Yeah, that, and that's, that's where this really comes in, because at that time I was working as a states manager um, in the biggest Cambridge College at the time. Um, so I was managing the business centre, lots of building projects, lots of staff, other managers to manage. It wasn't the kind of job that you did part-time, um, but after some discussions with, with uh, the college uh, I, I was convinced that i could try and do it part-time which i did actually for uh, miraculously again only the law could have managed that um, I, I did it uh, for a few years and then realized that it was just yeah it was just not not a tenable thing and also i needed to be in the community that, that, uh, that we were as a church so 2016 i handed in my notice and applied for a job with uh, a local school as a caretaker. Now, this was going to be a new thing for me, and uh, certainly not what I've expected to be doing, but it just seemed the right thing to be doing. It was in the right area. Uh, it had the opportunity of getting more involved with the community and also you know, give, giving something back. I've uh, got plenty of experience of... Uh, so the school is fairly near your church then, presumably? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was uh, within uh, half a mile of my church. Right. And so, I love, so I love that because you know you were so you were there in a in a in a, a really a prestigious job to, to be honest um, in a, in a in a in a in a Cambridge College. I love the fact that you came in that as this vision grew and became a reality, you came into your community, and then really just to do that so that you could give your heart to the community and your heart to outreach for the community. I know I, this is how I've seen it as I've come to know you, Keith, but it was good then to do a job that was in the community, um, yeah. but that meant that you could also be released um, from some, you know, um, you could be released from those pressures that the other job demanded of you in order then to focus on building the church that God had given you um the the vision the vision for and i think that just you know in, increase i mean increasingly just in this culture that we are living uh li living in this way of doing ministry there's a real need to do ministry <laughs> in this way actually um yeah. we've got to be in the community as, um, because uh well also just the in order to sustain churches and, and um of themselves and particularly when people aren't aren't coming in and I've seen the other thing that I've seen uh, just more broadly um is that you talked about thinking you might go into the Anglican church but I what I've what I've seen in some of those that that sort of model of ministry which of course I know I'm very familiar with um but um what happens is people get very tied in to the ministry uh, so um so in terms of their homes and schooling and pensions and then it's really really hard let's say if the church or if the 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 public voice of the church um says things in public that are not biblical yeah or isn't going in the yeah. right direction you are so deeply in it and perhaps even so deeply in your community and actually uh, probably doing a really good work in your community mm. but uh, to confront the to confront the public voice of what your organization is doing then becomes 
very, very difficult. So yeah. I'm certainly seeing up and down the country um, more and more this kind of model where people are planting new churches in places and working uh, in, in their local communities or indeed setting up micro businesses within mm. their local community. Mm. Mm. So, so Keith, tell us about you, you got this job then as a um, caretaker at this primary school half mile from your church or so. Yep. Um, did they know you were a Christian? Yeah, before before even applying for the job, I, I just pinged an email off to the, the head teacher and said, look, a couple of things you might need to know. I'm seriously overqualified. You, you may, may be put off by this. And, and also, I'm an ordained Christian minister. I'm somebody who will be speaking about Jesus in the, in the community. There'll be times when I may say things that, uh, that are uncomfortable, but I'll be absolutely committed to whatever you want me to do for the job. Um, and I got a response saying, yeah, that's great. Um, and I've also mentioned the fact that I needed time uh, out to, to you know, visit people, to, to get to meetings, take school assemblies, uh, you know, funerals, hospital visiting, that kind of stuff. Um, because I'd had that flexibility and freedom as a manager, I could do whatever I wanted with my time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got a, got a response saying, that's all fine. All we want is to make sure, you know, as long as it all fits in, be here at the beginning, the end of the day, and we'll make everything else work. Um, so I applied. Um, they gave me the job. And they'd already told me as well that at the interview, they're really not at all interested in faith of any kind. And, yeah, I, I get that. Most schools are not. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm again said well okay that, that's fine by me you know i'm just to be who i am yeah uh they said well we we won't want you to be involved in in anything other than, than your job but it turned out that very soon they'd asked me to lead assemblies um take re lessons there were quite increasingly a number of quite difficult children at school um, and i got involved in just just helping out from, from from a safety point of view often literally catching bricks um and you know, talking children down, one one or two escaped. I hope it wasn't bricks that children were throwing. Sorry, it wasn't bricks that children were throwing, was it? <laughs> it was a brick, yeah, yeah, bricks that children were throwing. Oh really? Gosh. Yeah, yeah. And you know, this, I'm not 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 painting the school as a dreadful place. It really wasn't. This, you know, the, the, these are one or two quite troubled children who who sure. would come. Um, so yeah. th those are the kinds of things that are happening, and. I was very happy to, to do that. You know, I could move pretty fast and catch a brick. But <laughs> in all seriousness, you know, g gardening, any anything else that could just get involved and, and help the school uh, as a community. It was a new school as well. It needed to develop its community. It was right. all going very well um, and happy to be part of it. Again, something just to observe there, Keith, is the fact that you talk about the school being very upfront about not being religious or not, yeah. being interested and i um and i think we saw that didn't we during the hearing during your oh, yes. hearing that there was yeah. really absolutely no understanding at all of what christianity is and i mean we're up against this mm. all the time in our cases at the at the christian legal center when we're in court and i mean not even the judges understand what christianity is oh yeah um and so judges don't those that are adjudicating don't understand therefore how can they have any idea what it means to really manifest faith or what violation of a Christian conscience will actually be. Furthermore, it's very muddled because the public voice of what Christianity is, is very muddled. Hence the near, need for a clear and prophetic outpouring of what yeah. truth yeah. 
Yes, but can I say that um, this is why one of our fo focuses at Christian Concern is the need for radical Christian education of our children or the radical mm. safe of our children because there is no neutral ground it's not as if if a school says we're not really religious well if it's not really religious if it's doesn't understand Christianity if it doesn't have that worldview within its walls and within its playground then that's a recipe for chaos in terms of um in terms of what it believes because either in life we are oriented towards something is, that is good and beautiful and true, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or we're floundering, really, in the dark. We don't know what we're doing. And if we're involved in the education of our children, um, then this is obviously really important. So I'm not surprised, Keith, given who you are, having coming to know and respect you greatly over these years, is the you that you're asked to lead assemblies and lead REY because you actually know. <laughs> you. <laughs> You believe because you believe and yeah yeah I, I think and and the thing that that probably surprised me most um through through the process was was actually sitting in in, in that court hearing and and i already, I already worked out very quickly uh, that that nobody in the school understood what christianity was you know i've been through the processes of the school and and the the deputy head teacher, the head teacher, the, the governor, chair of governors of the school and, and others that I met just hadn't got a clue. But to sit there and, and hear them when they were asked quite simple questions in court, look bemused and confused, it, it surprised me all the more. And it made me start thinking about just those things you what said. What kind of questions, Keith? Well, you know, just, just simply, could you describe to me what, what a, what a, Christian minister might believe. Well, you know, even when I was growing up as as, as a, you know, a a naughty boy as I was, yeah, you know, I, I knew what the local vicar believed. Yeah, you know, yeah, I knew that it would be something to do with Jesus. Um, I knew something to, to do with God. I knew there was something to do with the church. Uh, I'd even heard the sin word. Yeah, you know, it's not a very popular one these days, but we do need to mention it. Maybe even the resurrection. Maybe even something Absolutely. about the cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that they knew nothing, and I. I I did know that because that was the reason I was asked to carry you know, to carry out a number of RE lessons when it came to Christianity, um, and it was interesting because I was able to teach the the staff as well as the the children. Um, but they need it you know, across our schools, across our country. It's su such a need, and there's a real a, a real deficit of, of Christian knowledge, Christian understanding, and they need an understanding of our Christian heritage. Uh, and that's something which we, we must get the message out there. If, if, if this victory that the Lord has here has done anything, it, it needs to be used. It needs to be shared and, and, and mm. Christian mm. people need to jump on the back of it. And mm. uh, just, So let's just, let's just continue with your story, though, Keith. So you basically you worked there from 2016. Yep. about three years you had a good relationship you're giving you more and more jobs to do and responsibilities in the school part of the community i gather your last appraisal said you're an asset to the school there so so then in june 2019 first of june first day of pride month is it not um you 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 put out a tweet tell us you know why you did that well i, I put out a tweet um not to uh, attack even not even to attack an organization of, of any kind or an event. It was actually to remind Christians, because that's the purpose of my Twitter account, to remind Christians yeah. that 
pride is not a great thing to get involved with. Um, Let's show the tweet while you're talking. It's not good for children. Sorry? Just carry yeah. on talking. Yeah, there's the yeah, tweet. Sure. It's, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it is really, it was about the safety of children and putting Christians just back in the picture of why pride is not uh, a good thing. And, and that goes back to conversations that I'd had with my own congregation. You know, after yeah. prayer meetings a few times, we talked about what, uh, you know, how, how do we reach out to everybody? And somebody said, well, how about getting along to a pride yeah. event? Let me just read out the tweet for people who might just be on audio. So you just said a reminder that Christians should should not support or attend LGBTQ quote Pride Month quote events held in June. They promote a culture and encourage activities that are contrary to Christian faith and morals. They are especially harmful for children. There we go. That's the end of the end of the tweet. Yeah, it, t- it turned out that that tweet was relatively harmful to me as well as the, 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 the warning about <laughs> you children. But that's, that's just the way it works. <laughs> yes. So you you put that tweet out. Are you very active on Twitter at the time? I mean, you know. yeah, yeah. I've been active on Twitter. Uh, I can't remember how many years, but just because um, previously for, for my Bible college, I'd been running a blog which was called Salt and Light. And it seemed to me right. that Twitter would reach more people who would actually be interested and involved. And so I used sure. it for, you know, retweeting things from strange organisations like Christian Concern and, and old people <laughs> like us. Right. I mean, she puts out some strange stuff. So I retweet <laughs> that. And I put put my, my own thoughts in just, you know, links to ways for Christian people to easily contact their MPs. You know, all the stuff that's out there now, uh, as it yeah. was growing I, I used that and encouraged others to use it so that was the purpose yeah, yeah. and um so can i just, then... just contextualize this as well it was i think um uh, i think i'm correct in saying this um keith was it the first pride event that ely was having yeah was it the... it, well interestingly it, i didn't i didn't time it to 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 work with ely's pride i believe it was the first pride event ely yes. was having but that's yeah. going to be in August anyway. This just happened because I know that when we hit June and when we hit June this year, that the the onslaught that there will be from our, our media who seem to have been captured by this, and organisations who seem to have been captured by this, you know, that kind of I, I really do try to avoid using the word woke. But you know, that, if you can find another word, let me know what it is. It's it was just to say, well, look, this is the time to start thinking about this. You may be in towns or cities anywhere don't get involved um, because for a start it's not it's not polite to those people that we can, we would be seen as attacking we should reach out to everybody in love but but do it in in a gentle wise way that the lord leads us to do so yeah that was the gist of it and can so i just you... say again just quickly um tim that that i it's not it, well it is relevant to this story but i know that pride um that the ely cathedral was supportive of pride i think was even flying the gay the, the pride flag the rainbow flag yeah so we have, i mean and we're not, i'm not over connecting them but that is actually what was happening so the anglican cathedral in ely was welcoming and supporting pride uh yeah. flying yeah. the pride flag whilst uh, and you were warning your uh christians not to yeah. get and involved. we're talking and keith keith's church is in ely and it's the isle of ely primary school yeah and so yeah that's all relevant um so you put out this tweet and i gather within minutes you had a reaction keith is that well right? yeah the, the local newspaper editor um 
just uh, immediately told me that I was out of touch with reality, that I was out of date, that, that things had moved on, and that I was offending and, and upsetting my local community, which, you know, I, I sort of read that and I thought, well, this is just weird. Did um, you know him before? Are you connected with him before at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, we've, I, I'd been in his newspaper before, mainly in a relatively kind of neutral or positive base. Um, yeah. Occasionally, it'd be, be a bit kind of edgy, but uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a surprise. Um, and I will certainly never hide anything that we would do or say as a church. And if we could use free publicity, we'd do it. Um, sure. But this response was clearly from somebody who, you know, I, I didn't know the chap. But it became very clear within days, in fact, within hours, that he was he was very keen on Pride himself. He was very much an activist. Um, and if he hadn't been before then, he became one because he contacted, I'm told, I, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm told he contacted via Facebook a, a couple of ladies who uh, are local Liberal Democrat councillors who were married to each other and asked their opinion on the tweet. Um, they were pretty keen on Pride too. It turned out as well that one of the school governors was a member of the Anglican Church, was leading an affirming church within the school premises and training to be uh, an order manager. What does an affirming church mean? Um, it would well basically an affirming church will affirm people. I would say would affirm people in their sin. You know, it says, okay, you know, Jesus loves you, whatever, and he does, but he doesn't want to leave us there. He, you know, so <coughs> your sexuality, whatever you want, that's fine. Jesus loves you. Well, Jesus loves you, uh, as far as Scripture tells us, but he wants us to stop sinning and he wants us to see the harm it's doing. He, he loves us that much. He wants to move us on and, and heal us and, and perfect us in sanctification. Um, but, you know, a, a church that affirms, and there are many of them, um, ask what Steve to tell you all about it. Broken. Can, you, what a, can you talk about the sanctification and the, the, the turning around and, and that glorious message of hope and healing yeah. and restoration and beauty and life and freedom and everything gets so crazy messed up and we're going to yeah. affirm everyone but to affirm people in sin means to leave them in that in a hurting place you know it means no. the exchange of truth for a lie and the it's as if Keith loves the Lord Jesus so much he's not he is prepared to speak it to speak it out he loves his neighbor so much that he is prepared to speak it out he is bold and courageous as we the bride of Christ the church should be in this nation bold and courageous to confront the culture where it's broken and hurted hurting and needs redeeming and where the truth has been an exchange for light it's very clever how words of like such as affirmation beautiful words uh, because we beautiful words we want to affirm you as you are that you are made in god's I'm, this is now how we in god's image precious in his sight so precious that he laid down his life for you this is all the language gets muddled up it oh, all gets muddled and, well yeah isaiah 5 20 tells us suddenly you know that the, to say woe, woe to those who call light darkness and darkness light and sweet sour sour sweet and and that's the world we're living in but but our i mean I, i'm there's nothing special about me in fact there is a lot that's very not special about me but all christians if, if we're to be obedient to our lord and savior you know somebody told us the truth somebody managed to drum into my head that i'm a sinner and i need jesus 
and that's a hard thing to do because they've got a thick head. We all need that. We, we, need, we must do that. We must do that for others. We must share the good news. We don't have to go out there and be wild evangelists, but we must live and let Jesus shine through our lives. And when we, we screw things up, as we will, mm-hmm. we need to let people see how we let him deal with us mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. heal us and, and put things right. That's, so that's did you get a lot of people retweeting your tweets, liking it? Was it to go viral? What happened to it? Uh, well, I, I got I got kind of, yeah, I did get some of that. I got quite a lot of that, but also got a lot of the opposite. So it was kind of hijacked and and sent around as the most negative, horrible thing that anybody had ever done in the world. And how could I be so hideous and homophobic and hateful? Um, and that was what was happening very much locally within East Anglia um, and then a bit further um, and internationally in the end. So it became it became something which was a vehicle for people's uh, venting at what Christians believe. Basically, what that people weren't weren't looking at what I'd written and answering that. They were telling me how hideous I am um, because I I hate people who are homosexuals. Which I must just clarify, I do not, never have, and never will. But that was what happened, and it it became. A bit of a bit of a storm in the print media, in in uh, stuff online, and then became uh, yeah. a good a good uh, bit of ammunition for those who were local activists to make sure that the parents who were sympathetic to their activism within the school would get involved and start causing me problems. Yeah, in some ways, the the name Pride sort of says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> they want to be proud of who they are and their sin and all of that and, and it's not enough to tolerate you have to affirm and celebrate you know that's yeah. that's the way the culture is at the moment isn't it you know you are a tolerant person you're not saying you know you're not saying pride should be banned you know outlawed or something like that you know no. you're tolerant of it but but you're saying you're not going to affirm it you don't think christians should participate in it all that kind of thing you know and it's it's the lack of affirmation and celebrations actually yeah. the thing here that that they are very upset about it is. It's, it's not that, that they want equality because they have equality. And, you know, yeah. I, you know, freedom of speech is such an important thing. Everybody should have that freedom of speech, freedom of expression. People will say things which I think are abhorrent. Yeah. Now, they have a right to say those things and I have a right to respond to them. That, that, was, yeah. that was my view then. And it's my view now. Thankfully, this judgment has given that, uh, that reinforcement to that view. Yeah. We do have a right to say those things, but affirmation. Yeah. What they want they want to be told it's okay what you believe what you do i agree with you and it's all fine yeah uh, not yeah. i will let you believe that but i disagree with you yes yeah. the intolerance of so-called tolerance yeah. I mean, the, new, yeah. the new progressive agenda actually silences and say, says that you can yeah. it doesn't require tolerance it's uh accept accept an acceptance to differ it rather says you must approve and if you don't yeah. approve then you will be punished if you're vocal about not approving, then you will uh, you will be punished by losing your job. You will be punished by being name called. Uh, yeah. And what then happens is that, sadly, is that most people just go silent and don't enter into the public uh, discourse. Or worse, they're immediately kowtowed. So what many do in Keith's sort of position is try to say sorry, but sorry is never enough. It's it, no, sorry is never no sorry is never enough. Um, it, 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 it crush in the end it crushes the person that's trying to say uh, to to say to yeah. say sorry. 
so these these things are just they are they're just very very so, really so um as this became known in the community um and even among, amongst the school as well keith you experienced some harassment as well can you tell us about that yeah i mean i think I, what i would say is that all, all those people who uh, know us and, and knew us there was no problem whatsoever the local community that, that I, I was part of and you know we had no problems at all what we did have were people who were clearly stirring up pro problems for us we uh, anonymously sending funeral directors to arrange my funeral um which wow. was slightly premature i just mentioned <laughs> and you know trying to get us to move house uh, estate agents calling somebody calling saying they wanted to come and pick up the car because uh, you know they knew i wanted to sell it urgently because we needed to get out of town fast uh, I, I had a slightly crazy woman um in, in a car the fact she's a woman obviously is irrelevant but she was and it wasn't me it wasn't me i just, I, no, I wouldn't dare even go there <laughs> <laughs> well actually you know i would don't you but <laughs> It's, you know, this lady wanted to remonstrate with me. She kind of stopped uh, as, as I was cycling along. So I managed to avoid her car, suggest we had a conversation on the pavement, but she, she was, yeah, she was just uh, ranting. Uh, but that was, you know, that was a kind of flavor of things. But it was, it was a kind of schizophrenic experience because the world was very normal, except the world was very different. Um, because there was even of, false yeah. rumours as well being spread about you, Keith. Oh yeah, yeah, my child molesting and axe murdering past. Um, actually, no, they didn't mention the axe murdering, um, but they did. Uh, they did suggest that I'd, yeah, I'd been uh, molesting children and, and was into all sorts of hideous and horrible things. Which, you know, that's not what you want to hear about yourself when it's certainly not true. No, and and how did this make you feel? <laughs> well. I guess, I guess I'm, I'm a robust kind of character, so it probably, first of all, um, wrongly, it probably made me feel angry um, and, and then determined. Um, determined that it would do as the least amount of damage it possibly could, although all I could see was a lot of damage. You know, what, what you don't want is, is people being hurt by this. I didn't want my church family hurt by this. I certainly didn't want my own personal family hurt by this. They were the ones who, who really... Um, bore the brunt of it. Certainly, my, my wife uh, was was you know the one answering doors to funeral directors and and wondering who'd be you know causing us trouble next. So yeah, I mean there, there was a degree of concern, but also determination to make sure that you know we we weren't doing. I hadn't done anything wrong, mm -hmm. um, and I knew that I was in a situation where I could just about cope with walking away from the job if that's what it needed to fight this um, and so i did not not because i personally wanted to sue the school because i, I that's the last thing you do i don't want money that well there's I'm, a few steps to get to that isn't to, there to be, yeah, i mean it's just crazy yeah so you did in the end delete the tweets as well i did delete it and that was not because uh, and i made clear to when when i deleted it i told people I was, I was deleting the tweet not because um, I disagreed with anything I had said and that I would say it again but because it was causing difficulty for my family yeah yeah and so and how did the school react to all this then <laughs> well it was a kind of Jekyll and Hyde thing they they uh, they became very well they panicked 
you know, to the way I said they reacted, because they, they felt they had to deal with the problem. The best way to deal with the problem probably would be to deal with and, and get rid of or silence the person who had caused the problem. They, they felt they were being brought into disrepute, so I'm told, um, and therefore they decided it was time to discipline me. And how did they discipline you? Oh, it was just a straightforward investigation for, you know, what, what I had done um, in my own personal time on my own private uh, Twitter account as a Christian minister, how that had affected the school, um, trying to find linkage, which there wasn't any because I don't link this, the two things. Um, yeah. And I hadn't neither had actually any of the print media or the uh, social media linked that. I'm, I'm sure that individuals had after after the event. Um, there were three complaints. I, mean, I wasn't told how many complaints there were made. I was told there were, there were numerous complaints and that they had to really take action against me. Right. And so, and because of this investigation and you being accused of gross misconduct and so on, you ended up feeling like you were forced to resign. Yeah, well, it became clear that, that there were going to be, you know, there were, there, there were going to be two options. It would either be dismissal um, right. or it would be a final written warning. Now, a final written warning in my particular situation, or actually, I would say any Christian situation, would be akin to dismissal because it would be silencing me. It would be saying, you cannot preach and teach what scripture says whilst yeah. you're working for us. Um, we're writing to you to tell you that, that if you do this again, you will be out of the door. So I, 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 yeah, I came to the conclusion that I had little option. Yeah. And then, so then at what point did you contact Chris Concern about this? Oh, I think I think a certain Michael Phillips actually contacted me before right. any of this really kicked off. Right. Um, yeah, it, it was because it was in in the the, the domain, and because I'd, I I was familiar with with Christian concern as a church. We've been and individually we've been supporting Christian concern since 1992. Right. Wow. Things, Thank you. It's one of those things that you know somehow there was you know picked up. The, the tweet was picked up by. Um, Right. Probably by Tom and the team at Christian Concern, and uh, right. and so Michael contacted me and said, "You might need some help." And I said, "I oh, don't be ridiculous. No, it'll be fine." He said, "No, I think you'll probably need some help." He was right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you took him up on his offer of some help in the yeah, end. Yeah, well, it seemed a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and what that what that then resulted in was a legal case against the school for discrimination against you. Um, for expressing your Christian beliefs, as you said, on your own account, uh, in your own basis, without any connection to the school, um, and so on. And um, and what was it like being in court for that, Keith? Um, well, I'm, I'm probably perverse, but actually, you know, it's relatively enjoyable because if <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying you know everybody should should uh, go ahead and have a go at it. But what what I mean is, if if you're can convinced of of the veracity of what you've been doing and saying yeah. then you should be able uh, to to deal with it being examined closely and you, you should be keen to be able to put your story as as honestly and truthfully as you can so that aspect of it i i um, i found very very good um 
I, I also found the way that some you know answers and questions came. It was all very it's very interesting experience. Um, it's it's something which I would suggest anybody try to avoid if they can. Um, and hopefully this ruling will mean that others may need to, may may be able to avoid that. Yeah. Well, and and Andrea, just talk to us about the ruling and what it means. Well, I think that uh, one of the ways in which we see the general chilling impact on, on society and, and on Christians in general is to say um, to people in their workplace, um, don't tweet on anything controversial, don't express your faith, don't, this kind of thing, which means, which essentially silence people from being who, who they are or uh, the kind of cases that we have alongside Keith's at the moment, we've got uh, we've got um, Christy Hicks, and that case is coming up again shortly on appeal. But she simply put out on her Facebook to her friends concerns over the um, materials, so, so, so. Uh, yes, over the materials that were being taught to her children in primary school, and for that um, she was brought before her employer in a different school and ultimately dismissed for gross misconduct. What we want to do is uh, create an environment where people are free to express concerns around these issues, free to speak Christianly, free to free to speak openly, um, without fear of losing employment. And, and this case um, is a real fight back. And I really honestly believe that because Christian concern has been in this gap for decades now, representing people just like Keith Waters, and sometimes losing, but coming back and appealing. And because as Keith said, it's an absolutely wonderful, freeing thing to be telling the truth mm. and to be standing up and expressing your love and your passion, not just for Jesus Christ, yeah. but for all of those that you've been involved with, mm. actually. And indeed for the uh, LGBT community for your school and to, to explain that the reason why you speak is born out of love for them and for the Lord Jesus Christ, born out of love, born out of concern and to keep on speaking this so that one day people might understand the hope and the truth and the salvation that is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's because we have not been kowtowed, it's because we've not allowed them to say you're bigoted and hateful because you believe these things but rather to say no we love and we speak truth truth and light and life into this situation and that's why keith wrote his tweet that's why christy cares about the children in her school and at christian concern we've we stand not just with keith or christy but with those thousand people that come in in through our um, email box um, uh, or through the telephone uh, inquiry desk to us. When one, when we come across, when we see Keith getting into trouble, um, we know and we know him, then we will reach out to someone like that to just remind them that we are here with you. We stand because this is the ministry that God has given us, and for that we are extremely grateful. It's a privilege to stand. It really is a privilege to stand. I have to say. But Andrea, um, what about this aspect that um, it, it seemed like the judge had to rule that Keith's beliefs, Christian beliefs, are worthy of respect in a democratic society, as if that was a question here. Just tell us about that. 
Well, it, that shows you the state of the nation. It shows you the it shows you the religious illiteracy. It shows, in fact, but it's not a judgment on them. It's a judgment on the church in this yeah. nation. Yeah. The, the the knowledge of the judiciary, the knowledge of Parliament, what's being taught in our schools, is a reflection of the witness of the church within the nation. You see, we're yeah. not told personal salvation is so obviously is right is the most important thing but we are called jesus calls us at the end of matthew's gospel when we have the when we have the the great um commission but it is not just to to disciple individuals but it's to disciple nations it's to speak boldly and prophetically into the culture to hold you know to be the prophet and the priest to the king and when in court cases as over many years now we're being put to proof on what marriage is uh, or what or whether the 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 christian believes that that we are made male and female when 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 but when the judge says but the church of england is in discussion about this you're just one of those very small minorities of e evangelical christians indeed even in this judgment even in this judgment the judge said um this is a belief that is worthy of respect um, and it's a Christian belief, but not all Christians believe this. It's mm. this kind of little set of Christians over here. Mm. But when in fact it is the it this is Orthodox Christianity. Yeah. And it, and it is it. I mean, in when history looks back, when when you know when those of the Christian look back on this, they'll see this is really very dark. That yeah. you know, uh, the fact that we have allowed this to happen, yeah. and also what's quite extraordinary, in a nation such as ours rooted in common law which was framed by biblical law uh that's if you go back to judgments um even at the beginning of the last century and into the middle of the last century they're infused with biblical language and understandings and also um are well, some judges actually said christianity is part and part of the law that, yeah lord denning i mean lord denning that was relatively recent. now we've got a position where now, now we've got a position where we have, you know, we're not quite sure whether Christian believes are worthy of respect. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's incredible to it's an incredible shift, isn't it? Really, when you know that Christianity is viewed as part of the law, and then suddenly the law has to adjudicate whether Christian beliefs are worthy of respect or not. Tim, I want to say on that again a little bit like whether a school orients uh, towards God or not. Yeah. There's a sense in which will the law um, have its orientation towards yeah. biblical truth or not and if yeah. not then you end up in the kind of chaos we're currently in which is a competition amongst various human rights yeah vying endless hours of discussion over yeah what is worth what what which value which value is more value yeah. uh, of, of value than not you know so keith i'm, I'm conscious we're, we're, we're coming to a close now but i think it's it is simply what what we're called to do um, you know, we're called to be something like we're called to go out and spread the gospel. Um, we're called just just to live confidently. We're not supposed to be timid. That's you right. know, if, when we're timid, we're doing we're doing Christianity in our own strength. Well, no, nobody can can live for the Lord in their own strength. We get squashed. But when we live for the Lord in His strength, we are obedient to Him. He sends us out and gives us the, the people to walk beside us. He gives us the people to. To encourage us he gives the people to challenge us he gives us the message and, and the task and all the tools to do them 
And we won't necessarily see it all coming together at once, but when we trust him, mm. he does amazing things. It just, you know, the, the way that uh, things happened for, for the likes of Wesley and, and Whitfield, it wasn't easy for them. Mm. They were stoned. They were, they were mm. kicked out of the church, but mm. they kept on keeping on. And, and look what the Lord did when obedient people shared the news. And look what it did to our nation. Look what it did to the world. Uh, we, we need to, to take his strength and really take his, uh, his message out there as, as he leads us. Amen. Well, there we go. And, and uh, I hope my, my colleagues can put your um, article up there um, in the comments uh, here for you to see. And um, and it's been great having the profile of your case in covered in all the major news outlets. Andrea got a comment article in the Times this week about it um, as well, just yesterday and stuff. It's been really good to um, display a victory for free speech um, and for Christians to say what they think um, in their own capacity as they should be able to do. Uh, so, um, Keith, we well, want to say thank you. Well, just not just though for free speech, because yeah, yeah. it is, I mean, that may well be, yeah. we might want to kind of narrow it. It's about, that's really important. Yeah. But it's also a victory um, to simply be Christian and point yeah. people to that glorious hope. And mm -hmm. as Keith was speaking, I've been uh, reading Acts in the, in the last weeks and what i want some acts i want some act stuff happening in this nation i want to i want to see thousands of people coming to know the lord jesus christ i you know they were the disciples who abandoned jesus are suddenly full of courage and it's as if they want to say to, to the the leaders of the sanhedrin they want to say to those that will come against them we will stand before you we're unschooled men but we're, we're not afraid. And we want to tell you the power with which we do our works. And it's, you know, this is the kind of vibrancy, the acts vibrancy that would be amazing to see up and down this nation, that we might see the kind of Wesley and Whitfield uh, revival. Wouldn't that be amazing? Whatever the equivalent is for the 21st century, that's what I'm looking for. So we thank God for, strictly speaking, a legal free speech um stamp victory stamp but the longing is that as a result of that the hope that we have as christians would go far and wide into this nation uh, and beyond that we would be a beacon because we won't let this nation go not with our great this great heritage that we have we're fighting for our heritage looking forward to the future hope that jesus has for our nation in our times because we love him amen well Listen, thank you, Keith. We appreciate your stance. We appreciate you. your strong faith and the way God's called you and led you. And uh, we pray your church goes from strength to strength and blessing to blessing. And uh, and we just thank God for your ministry. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Hope you found that as interesting and entertaining as I did. And uh, do follow us, connect with us, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, on email. And look forward to connecting with you again next week. Thank you very much. Bye.